Welcome to Mamosa's. Hope you have your friends and your drinks nearby. You're here with Kristen and Talia. We're here to talk about all things mom. It's been a couple weeks. We kind of went down that diet culture rabbit hole. So if you haven't listened to the last few episodes, we had some really good interviews. And we thought this week we'd just give you guys a little life update on things that we just have been mulling over. So first things first, I went on a trip for a week. We flew out to the east coast and it was super fun we were out there it was like 20 degrees when we got there but it was really sunny i guess it's been a pretty mild winter and we stayed in an airbnb and the house was so cute it was this little ranch style house had three bedrooms and then it had this enormous backyard and the whole time i was like this is we need a backyard like this like i'm so over these dumpy like California postage stamp yards. Sorry for <laughs> the entire state of California, but it's just like one of those grievances I have living here is like, I grew up with a really big yard and tons of woods. And Pat is like, your expectations are so unrealistic. Like we will not have that much land. Like his parents' backyard for a California house is pretty decent. And you would probably consider that small. It's so tiny. I can't stand it. I mean, like it's fine, right? Like to your point, it is big for California and it is so nice going out there, but I can't stand that that's like, that's the bar. Like it just drives Mm -hmm. me nuts. Um, so it was really nice having that backyard and it just reiterated to me, like, we need to live somewhere that has land so that our kids can play outside more. Cause they did. I mean, it was 20 degrees out and they were still playing outside a good amount, but we went and looked at my old house that I lived in growing up, which was fun. I mean, it was just fun. Like driving past there. We went at night. Did you knock on the door? No, but we drove, <laughs> we went at night because we were going to go originally like earlier in the day and then the kids were just like being insane on the drive up. So we met with some friends first and then went on the way home. Um, but it just, it was funny driving through the neighborhood, like seeing, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Like I used to be able to ride my bike down here in like third or fourth grade, you know, like, okay, this is how far I was allowed to go. And just like all the different things that I was allowed to do. I mean, both my parents worked, so I was definitely like sort of a latchkey kid, but they did have pretty clear boundaries and I generally respected them. But I don't know, it was just funny, like thinking of all my childhood memories. Like I remember when I got to start first grade, I I don't know what the story was that my mom told me at the time, but I remember, so I have a neighbor, I had a neighbor growing up who's a year older than me. And when I was in kindergarten, I went in Rhode Island, like near my mom's work. And then it was like, it was like a kindergarten and then like a daycare after. And so I was there usually till like five or six. And I would always miss Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I was in school. I was like at the school all day. But my neighbor got home from school at normal elementary school time. And so he would get home and he'd get to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was so jealous. Like I was just so jealous. And he was like my best friend, you know. So then when I was going to first grade, I like got a backpack and I went to his house and I was like, I get to go to first grade. And I was like showing him my backpack and I was trying to put the folder in like the front pocket and I couldn't figure out why it wouldn't fit. And I was like crying, 
But what was the story my mom told me that I was like, I get to go to first grade. Like, I don't know if she was just like holding off until I knew what my teacher was or whatever, but I was so excited. And like the driving force of my excitement was that I would be home in time to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, these things are important. Yeah. I love that you went at nighttime. Like I for sure have gone to my childhood home and knocked on the door and like tried to go in and actually was able to go in one time. Great story. Like this guy was living there or he was watching the house or something. I went with Jesse and we like explained the whole thing. This is my childhood house. I was born in this house. I was born right there on that spot on the living room floor. And he was like, uh, okay, give me like a couple of minutes. And then you just heard like scuffle, scuffle, scuffle. And then he opens the door like five minutes later and he will only he'd only let us look at a couple of rooms. He would not let me look at my room. Who knows what was in there? My mom's room had turned into like a massage room and he had countless amounts of bongs and like paraphernalia underneath his coffee table that he thought was hiding, but it wasn't. Okay, great. It was really, really quite an experience. I love that. <laughs> well, so, so who did you, so you were out there and you were visiting family. Yeah, we got to see, we got to see most of our family, which was great. But the flight out, so we... You know, we live in California. We flew across the country. You know, it never even occurred to everyone's like panicking right now about coronavirus. I mean, I don't know one way or the other, you know, should we be panicking or not? I'm mostly panicked that I'm not panicked, if that makes sense. Like, thanks, anxiety. But like, I really, I, I don't feel panicked about it, but I'm a little like unsettled that I'm not panicked about it. So that's sort of, you know, if anyone wanted a glimpse into my brain, here I am. But we flew out and it was never like a thought in my mind. And this was like right around the time all the schools in Italy got shut down because one of our friends is there. And so we had found out like all the schools there got shut down and whatever. Okay. So we get out to the East Coast and we're hanging, whatever. And so the flight out is four and a half. It's a one and a half hours from where we are to our layover and then four and a half hours for the second leg. And on the first leg, we didn't let our kids have any electronics. And, like, Nate and I just played card games and stuff, and that was fine. This guy in the plane was, like, and Nate was so stoked. He was, like, oh, there's an airplane, Mom, we're landing. Like, he was just on cloud nine. He loved it so much. And then we were, like, right in the back. There's one person behind us. And he was, like, you guys are the best parents ever. And I was, like, this is not true. But I, I would love for you to just record that. And I, I'd like to keep that with me forever. <laughs> we'll be accepting our trophy whenever you want to send it. Correct. And then on the second flight, I was, like, fine. Like, you can definitely have a TV binge fest. Like, I don't care we need to get through this five and a half or this four and a half hours. And so Finley like watched some shows and he fell asleep in his car seat. And Nate uh, literally just zoned into PJ Masks for the full four and a half hours. Like he wouldn't eat anything. He never got up to go to the bathroom, nothing. And, but he kept like putting his feet on the chair in front of him and kind of pushing it. And we kept stop, stop. You can't do that. You know, it's hurting the person in front of you. And she was younger, probably in her twenties. And she had headphones on the whole time. She probably didn't hear us like correcting the behavior but she did turn around one point and she was fine she was like can you ask him to stop pushing my chair and I was like yeah totally like I'm, I'll, I'm doing my best you know we're, whatever. we're doing it yeah like we're trying but also like understandable that you're annoyed but that wasn't bad I mean that was the worst of it is just like they, they were kind of kicking and we were doing the best we could everything everyone was pretty understandable then the flight back it's five and a half hours and then like two hours so the flight back, there were a million kids on the flight. And there was this one oh, mom in the back. She was with her husband, but 
her kids were like a year and then like two and a half or three or whatever. So just like a really like pretty wonky age. And the one year old was just screaming and you could, she was so, you could like hear how stressed out she was. She was like, shh, 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 like really trying to be like, oh my God, like, please don't disturb everyone. And then the three year old was like basically punching her in the face, just like trying to get her attention. I felt awful for her. I just wanted to go back and be like, I, can I take a kid for you? Like, please don't freak out. Nobody's or anyone who's judging you can like screw off. Like this is very stressful. Like I totally get it. But this one lady turned to us and she's like, because uh, all the kids were like with Pat across the aisle from me because Astrid wanted to sit with him for some reason. So it was like before we took off and she was like, oh, my God, you have three kids. And I was like, yeah, she's like, I cannot even hear them. And I was like, that is very generous. This is not how it <laughs> normally goes. Like, it's not always this has nothing to do with my parenting. Like, it's always chaos up in here. But we did get a couple nice comments. They just love airplanes. That's what's going on. Well, and I think this is the one time where like the no electronics has benefited us because since we gave them electronics, they were like, we will do anything to keep these. And if that means like sitting down and being quiet, I will do that. Yeah. How did Astrid do? She was fine. We let her crawl up and down the aisle. I mean, she was a one year old, so she was a little fussy. I'm sure like if it was if she was our first kid, we would have been a lot more stressed. But since we're like, oh, you're one, this sucks for you, you're going to, fine, crawl up and down the aisle, it's okay for you to get mad, it's okay for you to cry. Like, it didn't feel stressful for me, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. You were there, and you saw your aunts, and you saw your brother, right? Your brother came? Yeah, my brother was able to come up, so that was great. I mean, we saw everybody. We saw my dad's, most of my dad's family, and we saw most of my mom's family. So it was nice. We got to see everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And one of my cousins came up and she has two kids that are like nine and 11 and they were so cute. Like they just were all about playing with the kids. They were so like, I kept forgetting how young they were and they, cause they were just like really good with the kids and just like really awesome. chill. It was so fun. That's good. Yeah. Let's see what's new and over here. So we had, so Sky had her UCLA appointment where we basically, like I was prepared to ask, can she go back to ballet and like that? She's been doing really well. And we basically got shot down because of the stinky coronavirus because it's just so unknown right now. So we're on level quarantine, Saverin McCormick edition. Which is like basically what we're doing, what we've been doing anyway. It's no different. But like, for example, we were going to, I volunteered today at a carnival at the temple. It's Purim, y'all. So I volunteered at the Purim carnival. And I told Todd, I don't think you should bring Sky. And he said, well, why don't you like assess the situation and then call me? I said, okay, fine. So I get there and it looks pretty mild. So I call him and I say, why don't you bring her over? Like, it seems fine. He's like, okay, we just got out of the shower. We'll get dressed and we'll come over. And then right at that point, a friend of mine came over and she's a doctor. And I said, hey, I just called Todd to bring Sky over. And she said, don't do that. No, Sky shouldn't be here. You should call him back and say that, like, not to bring Sky. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, with all the flu stuff. And like, we don't know about the coronavirus here. Like, I mean, who's to say that people aren't carrying it? And I was like, touche. So I called Todd. And I was like, uh, all right, X on the uh, the carnival, which was fine. I mean, like, 
she's not old enough to like remember like and all I did was I told her like I was volunteering at the temple so she didn't know what I was doing yeah so it was okay but so yeah so that's kind of been you know more in our rate on our radar in our minds I get emails every day from the school district here's your daily update on the coronavirus it's like ugh well, technically, California is in a state of emergency, but my understanding is that it's just so that more aid can get to us if needed. I, I have no idea. This is what I read, like, somewhere. So, yeah, I'm not sure either. All I know is that, you know, for most people, it's not anything super concerning. But for somebody like Sky, obviously, it would be really concerning. And people, somebody was saying, oh, it's interesting that it's like only like elderly people and people with like pre-existing conditions are the ones that are really truly being affected. And there's been no cases of anyone under the age of nine being a carrier. Oh, okay. It's like, that is interesting. Yeah. So our kids could possibly be protected. Somebody was going so far to say maybe there's like some sort of like antibody that like kids can make that adults aren't making or something. I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from this is like, uh, it's impossible not to touch your face. The, the idea of like, wash your hands. Fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Don't touch your face. There's, it's that's a virtual impossibility. I don't even know how to not touch my face. I'm going to ask my kids not to touch their face. It just seems crazy to expect. I mean, that. you've touched your face in like the last five minutes at least three or four times. I can't <laughs> help it. I mean, I like my nose gets itchy. I my eyes get itchy. I have a scratch. There's or I'm, you're just leaning your like chin on your hand or right. whatever. Yeah, so it it does seem kind of ridiculous. And I mean, what we've been getting from the school district is allow kids time to wash their hands. Okay. Okay. So, cool. I guess we should be doing that anyway. Yeah. That's Are kind they of not it. normally allowed time to wash their hands? Well, I mean, like, it's interesting because I remember when you were saying when Nate goes into his classroom, they, they like, line up and the first thing they do after they... hang up their stuff is they go and they wash their hands yeah they come into the building it's so funny because i don't do drop off so like once in a while i do and it's very jarring for me but he like rolls in throws his backpack and he's not even in the classroom he's like in the school throws it and i'm like ah what is it like if i'm if i was doing drop off i'd be like no this is not for me but i guess like all of the kids do it so all the parents are like whatever this is just what they do they like dump their backpacks run to the bathroom horribly wash their hands like there's no way they're doing it well and then like run back out and do their question of the day yeah i mean and it's better honestly that's probably better than not doing anything at all totally but it is very interesting that that really should be the protocol for all schools but it's like you know i have 25 students we'll do go to the bathroom like before we go on a field trip and wash hands or whatever. Like if we're going to get on a bus yeah. and I'll say, but there's not going to be a bathroom conveniently located, go to the bathroom now, wash your hands, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and we have a sink in our classroom for a reason, you know, we have a sink and a water fountain, but what usually happens is I'll have like a kid that'll wash their hands and they just are so luxurious about it. But it's like, we don't have time. Like it, we could literally take 25 minutes of washing hands you know if everyone took as equally long as that one person yeah i wonder i'm curious so when i what i remember from elementary school at least through fourth grade is that we would 
at some specified time, the teacher would have us all line up and we would like line up and walk to the bathroom and everyone who had to go to the bathroom would like go in and use the bath. Do you guys still do that or people only go like when they ask to leave for the bathroom? We usually try to encourage the kids to go during their breaks, but obviously if you're an eight-year-old and you only have 20 minutes and that includes eating your snack and playing, the likelihood of you actually taking the time to go to the bathroom is pretty slim to nil. So we usually, we just get kids that are asking like throughout the day. Oh, okay. You know, and I always say, you know, try to remember to go during your break time. Like I literally had a kid that came back in from recess. We came in, everyone sat down. He comes up to me. Could I go to the bathroom? It's an emergency. Clearly not because you just had recess. And if it were an emergency, you would have gone. Hard to expect an eight-year-old to plan ahead like that, though. Like, their executive function isn't that good. Yeah. Especially, like, those boys that are, like, just so squirrely. Right. They need all of that time to run around. I mean, when I was that age, I definitely would not have used the bathroom during recess. You couldn't have paid me to use a bathroom during recess. I would just sooner... I had a bladder infection than use the bathroom during recess. That said, I also would never have the gumption to ask a teacher right after recess if I could use the bathroom. I was like thinking back of myself and I don't, I feel like I did not use the bathroom at school and I don't know how that's physically possible. I mean, you do know that I don't drink as much water as I should, but I'm pretty sure as a kid, I went probably, I went to the bathroom at home and then I remember basically being at a heightened state of emergency to go pee by the time I got home every single day. So I'm pretty sure I did not go to the bathroom at school. I mean, I definitely remember planning it, at least as I got older, I would be like, okay, we have a worksheet we have to do. I'm going to buzz through this real quick. And then this is a good time for me to go. Because I was like always afraid to ask teachers if I could go because I didn't want them to be like, this is a ridiculous time to ask. So mm-hmm. if it was like, oh, we're doing some work and I know I can finish it quick. Like, I know this is a fine time to ask. And then I was totally fart around the hallway for like 10 minutes. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> one of those. Who is it? <laughs> You're telling me that every student is going straight to the bathroom and coming back. I mean, I bided my time well. I'm a very fast peer. So I would like skip the loo down there, go pee super fast, wash my hands, and then just like twirl on back. <laughs> I have a kid that takes like 10 minutes to like walk down the hallway. Anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of been in our house more on the sort of awareness, awareness board. Uh, Sky also had an endoscopy with a esophageal dilation because she has a stricture in her esophagus. Unfortunately, went back down. So the they were able to dilate again and then they gave us this medication to coat the esophagus that she has to drink every night and we're only on day two so we she's done it twice so the first time she did it it doesn't taste like anything the medication thank god because you know the first night we were saying okay you're gonna take a new med and you have to drink it okay and she kept saying can you put it in my tubi i don't want to drink it can you put it in my tubi and we said, no, we can't put it in your tubi. It has to go in your mouth. And that was like a big, you know, cry Upgrade. session, you know, kind of scary, whatever. And so then I 
I tasted it and we mixed it with watermelon juice. Okay. And so I, t- I just like tasted it a little bit and I said, Sky, it literally just tastes like watermelon juice. And we had it in this little cup and she like was so afraid to drink from the little cup. And so I said, what if we put it in a syringe and you can drink from the syringe? And she said, okay. So we put it in a syringe and I kept calling her a baby bird. I was like, oh, baby bird's going to drink. And she just kind of was into that. So then Todd reads the instructions and realizes, oh, it's supposed to have a thickening agent in it, which we don't have. So we had to buy a thickening agent. So last night she had it with the thickening agent, which basically just gives it like, so before it was the consistency of juice because it's a, a liquid medication. So the first night it was the consistency of watermelon juice. The next night it was the consistency of like probably a smoothie or like a pudding or something. It's significantly thicker. Okay. Still, again, doesn't taste like anything but watermelon juice, but it really threw her off. Okay. And so we're trying to like kind of strategize how best to do this. And then she kept spitting it out, which of course Todd was getting oh so happy about. He just gets so like, I mean, he gets so frustrated. And then I'll say, you know, do you want me to do it? No. I'm going to manhandle her into not being a four-year-old. Basically. I'm going to sit on her until she complies. Okay, have fun with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, basically. So that's new on our list. So I think we're going to try to give her half the amount last that we did last night because it was just too thick. So we're going to just try to thin it out a little bit. So that's a big step for her to have to swallow a medication. Yeah, well, she has one that she can swallow and she will swallow that she takes three times a day. And she'll swallow her afternoon dose, I would say maybe 60% of the time. And sometimes we'll just say, you know, she'll say, can I have it in my tube? And we'll say, oh, you know, we don't have the syringe that goes into the tube. You have to take it by mouth. Okay. But that one tastes like, it's not as strong of a bubblegum taste as um, amoxicillin, but it's kind of in that same family of like that. It's a kind of sweet, yeah, bubblegummy sort of flavor. Can you explain what a stricture is? I feel like you say it yeah. from time to time. And I'm just wondering if anybody listening actually know what that means. So the best way to describe it is because we saw this on Sky Swallow study. Your esophagus is it's like an open canal that, you know, connects to your stomach, which connects to your intestines, which connects to your bowels. So it all just kind of is this nice, you know, you imagine the uh, the mannequin or not mannequin, but you know, the pictures of your GI tract, like that's yeah. magic school bus in. style. Right. So sky has a stricture, meaning there's a, uh, an area that is not as wide as the rest of it. And she, hers literally looks like an hourglass. Like it's a totally normal size. And then it goes in for just like this, like boop, little spot. And then it goes back out. So luckily, you know, some people have, you know, these strictures where it's like a the esophagus isn't as wide and it goes for a long, long way down your esophagus and possibly into other parts. And hers is just this one little area. Okay. And it's caused by her graft versus host disease. So what happens is the GI doctor, you know, she gets sedated and then they put a scope down and a little balloon and the balloon like inflates and that kind of pushes the wall of the esophagus out a little bit. And so the last time they did it, it, or the first time they did it, she was at 
six millimeters in diameter and a four-year-old should have a 12 millimeter diameter for their esophagus. So she had, so you imagine like if you're trying to swallow food and you just have this area that is super tiny that you can't squeeze anything through. So she was like caught. That's why she was coughing and gagging and retching a lot because she couldn't get anything down. And now I think there's just a lot of fear and that whole thing of like, oh, before I would, I couldn't swallow. So for years, what's to say? Yeah. So why would I think I can now? And it closed back up a little bit this last time around. So we're going to have to go and do it again. But and then she also had a CT scan for her lungs. And when we were coming out of PACU, which is like where they uh, watch people when they're coming out of surgery, making sure, you know, their blood pressure's okay, their oxygen's okay, their heart rate's okay before they send them either up to their wing to be discharged or usually don't get discharged from PACU. But anyway, the nurse said, oh, she had a lot of junk in her lungs. And we're like, yeah, so we'll find out if it's the same amount as before or less or more or whatever and what they're going to do, what the protocol is going to be from there. And if it's, you know, is it stuff, is it junk or is it graft versus host disease? Like who, you know, this nurse just saw it and just said, oh, they just look like there's a lot of stuff. We, uh, we give her a medicine before she goes in, which like makes her really loopy. And normally she, and it's just basically to help her not remember the whole procedure and like be removed from us. But this time, because they weren't ready for us until a little bit after, uh, the time we thought we'd be going in, it had a really good time to set in and she was so so loopy and I remember her getting it as a baby and hating it because I I remember a I think she got it when we had she had her bone marrow biopsy done when she was 11 months old and I remember her just like her eyes kind of like rolling back and she just kind of was like moving her head really slowly and and Todd was just laughing he thought it was so funny and I was just you know, in my head, like, this is so creepy. This yeah. is not funny. And Especially for, like, a little baby, you know? Yeah. And now she's five, and, you know, they call it the truth serum. Like, kids that get it when they're teenagers, The like, the nurse was saying, she said, you know, my son, when he has, like, procedures and he's 16, and whenever he gets first said, we always like to ask him, you know, questions. Like, who is your crush? And did you really not, you know, take that last... Girl Scout cookie that you said you didn't take because kids will tell the truth about anything. So I said the last time she had it, Todd was all bummed because he forgot to ask her questions. So I said, oh, okay, so it's your time. It's truth serum. You want to ask her questions? And so Todd goes, Sky, do you love me? And then she says, Not really. Oh and I was my like, God. Why would you <laughs> ask that question? <laughs> Todd, why are you asking that? And then he said, do you love mama? Yes. And poppy. But not Mimi all the time. And she's like talking kind of slow slurry. And I was like, "Ugh." I mean, you did this to yourself. I don't know why you would ask her that. And I said, you know, that's not true. Like she, you know. that's I mean, she's using the word like. She likes them sometimes, but not always. Yeah. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. But yeah, no, she's, she came back. You know, and she recovered a lot faster than uh, she did the previous time, which was good. And, you know, we got to come home and I had a three day weekend, sort of, even though one of the days is in the hospital. So that's what we've been doing. Great. Okay. I was thinking we should 
since we have a little time, we should like share some of the stuff that we've been consuming lately because we haven't really shared that in a while. Okay, so I'm going to go first. Yeah. I am not proud to admit, but I'm going to admit it. I binged Love is Blind on Netflix. So I haven't I watched... seen it, but that I've heard like across the board that's what people are doing. I mean, yeah, I watched the first episode thinking this sounds stupid. And then I could not get people out of my face fast enough to get back to it. Okay, great. Like, And yeah, I mean, it has all of the trashy reality goodness that one could hope for in a show. Okay. So I, if you're looking for a way to waste 12 hours of your life. Which everyone usually is. Which everyone totally is. I highly recommend Love is Blind because... I could not stop watching it. Like I, I was up so late one night because I had to finish an episode and I am notorious for falling asleep during shows. Yeah. Like I will, I will always fall asleep during a show. I did not fall asleep once. I was just, my jaw would drop. And then it was like, it always ended on a cliffhanger. And then it was like, crap, I have to go to bed. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I would just like watch like the next, like 10 minutes of the next episode just to see the cliffhanger. Yeah. But yeah. Very, very trashy, sweet, crazy, and totally worth it. So you're welcome. <laughs> I did watch the Taylor Swift documentary. Oh, I heard about that. I liked it. I was surprised that I liked it. Like, I was like, oh, I'll put this on. I think I was trying to, like, do some work or so. I was filling out paperwork. And I was like, this will be, like, a good background show. And then I was like, see a paperwork. Like, I, I definitely got pretty hooked into it. I thought it was interesting. So I liked that. It was just interesting seeing how uh, she wrote a lot of her songs, but also, like, I remember, like, all of her songs. I didn't really start listening to country music until, like, right around when she first started, like, right around her first release. So it was kind of fun for me, like, <laughs> oh, I remember, like, what time of life I was in when this song well, she got was popular. young, too, when she started, right? She was, like, 14 or... yeah. And it, like, shows the Kanye scene, which is always insane. Uh, I actually uh, had not seen it. I had only heard oh, about really? it. So when I, like, got to, I was like, I cannot believe this is a real thing that happened oh, yeah. in real life. Oh, yeah. That was insane. So that was good. And then, of course, you know, I, I watched This Is Us and A Million Little Things, um, which are both on NBC, I think, or ABC. I'm all caught up on my This Is Us. I have one episode left. So that, and it's been, I, I've really liked this season. I think it's been, some people have had like mixed thoughts on it, but I, I especially when they did the um, worst week ever from like the three different perspectives. I loved oh, yeah. that. That was like really, and then like Kate's whole story. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I've been into it. Okay, so that's shows. So Pat and I had our book club. Oh yeah. Which I think, we talked about i don't remember anyway we had our book club it was good uh we did a fully non-fiction book so this month or this quarter's book is a historical fiction book so i'm looking forward to that but i'm currently reading playful parenting which i mentioned way back like in december i think and now i'm back to reading it and i'm really liking it because i know that playing with my kids is obviously important but I think this gives me more ideas, like more concrete ideas of how to just play instead of setting up things for them to play. So like, 
you know, it talks a lot about how kids, especially boys, have like kind of more aggressive play than sometimes a parent is comfortable with and some ways that you can interact with that that still might meet your family morals, if that makes sense. So like gunplay, like one of the things it suggests is that like if you have a boy who's like really obsessed with guns, and I tried this with Nate, uh, they're really obsessed with guns saying oh if you shoot me with that gun that's a love gun did you know that anybody who shoots me with that gun i fall completely in love with and then you like chase them around and you're i love you so much and you try to give them hugs and oh, stuff cute. so it just makes it it just kind of takes that like scary aggression out of it mm-hmm. and then it also talks about how if you do have a more aggressive kid that they have to they have to be able to get that aggression out you know you can't just tell them not to be aggressive because then it becomes shameful for them. And then they think, why, why am I so great? I'm not supposed to be this way. And this is really shameful, but I can't help it. And I am this way. And I'm totally going to butcher this. But it talks about how, you know, lions, when they fight, they're not going like full throttle. They're not fighting to kill. They're just fighting to dominate. And so that shows that they, when they play as cubs, they're learning how to like manage their aggression. So wrestling and like playing more aggressive games but managing it, you know, setting ground rules beforehand and stuff like that helps them learn to deal with their aggression. Okay. So, I, so I like it. There's been a lot of ideas in it that I've been able to implement. And then it was really cute because like, so Nate's been doing this like sword fight game with me lately. And, you know, it talks a lot about power, powerlessness and all, like that dynamic. And so basically like one of the games we play is he wants to sword fight. And so the rule is that like the, the sword can't, touch anyone's body so it's all just pretend Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i'll talk it up big time beforehand like i'm gonna win i'm the best i have i told him today i have trophies and accolades you will never beat me i am the best (laughs) you know and then we start our fight and he wins every time and then he's like laughing and he feels so good about it and he told me today that he has trophies and accolades as well though we've been playing that lately and then like and i pretend die and i do these like insane like totally dramatic death scenes where I'm like falling all over the place and all this stuff. Perfect. And he loves it. I mean, he's just like wetting himself laughing. And so last night he was playing with Astrid and she would go and like pretend to touch his face and he would like do this like dramatic like fall backward and she was just like wetting herself laughing. Cute. So it was really cute to see him like imitating that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he would do that with Finlay. Probably not. No, they are, they're starting to get way more aggressive with each other. I was going to say, when you were talking about this, like, aggressive play, it's like the ground rules are going to be, like, key for that. Yeah, and they've been doing a lot of wrestling with Pat, and so the ground rules for that are, like, no feet, like, no kicking or anything, and then only the body, so no, you know, head or anything like that. Which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then it also talks about how, like, it's going to get out of hand sometimes, so as the parent, mm-hmm. instead of just like stopping playing, storming off, kind of like be ahead of it, help guide them back to like where you need them to be. I, there's just a lot of practical tips that have been helpful for me because I feel like a lot of times I'm like, sure, sure, sure. I can put some ground rules, but like I, my, he's not going to follow that. Mm-hmm. And then I do get pissed and I storm off. I mean, that's pretty much my MO. And this talks about like, okay, so here's best case scenario. Here's how to cope with, you know, maybe a someone that's going to be pretty typical response and here's how you deal with someone that's going to have a pretty aggressive response 
Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like when it kind of plays you through all the scenarios. So, I, I like it. That's great. It's easy to read. Good. That's it. And then my podcast. I'm not reading anything. I'm just, you know, reading all my data that I've collected for report cards. Good times. And then podcast. Still listening to Armchair Expert. Yeah. Hidden Brain. I get I got back on Hidden Brain yesterday. That one's interesting. Always. Okay, cool. I think that's basically it. All right. Well, I hope everyone's having a good week. Happy we'll International Women's Day. It's Sunday today. Yeah. Woo woo. Hey. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.